0: Living For Love by Madonna was the lead single from the star's 13th studio album Rebel Heart. It was Rush released on 20th December 2014, almost two months ahead of planned schedule, after half a dozen songs from Madonna's LP leaked early onto the internet. This prompted a huge rethink for the plans for the album, and would also begin a hunt for the perpetrator, who had been responsible for the leak of not only music, but video and photo content from the artist's past. Some have suggested that some of these leaks came from Madonna's own personal computer. Nonetheless, Living for Love would herald a new era for the artist, and though her period of achieving high chart rankings in the UK and the rest of Europe seemed at an end, the song would bring yet another number one on the Billboard U.S. Dance Club Songs chart. Despite its stunning video directed by J.A.C.K., the song would become more memorable for the performance at the 2015 Brit Awards in London. During the song's intro, a costume malfunction would see Madonna tumble backwards hitting her head on the stage steps when a cloak failed to properly untie. Ever the trooper, Madonna persevered and continued her performance. She later told Jonathan Ross that she had two options, either to be strangled or to fall, and she chose to fall. This left her with whiplash, and as she said, I smacked the back of my head and I had a man standing over me with a flashlight until about 3 a.m. to make sure I was compass The leak of the songs would see Madonna rework many of the tracks for the album, and there is quite a different version of Living For Love available. The song also features a number of other artists performing, including Diplo and Alicia Keys, and I'll be playing her isolated piano track along with other studio snippets, but for now, sit back, relax, let down your guard as we fall inside the groove. Hello, my name is Edward Russell, and I'd like to start by answering a few questions, queries, or maybe you consider it a complaint or two that I've had about the podcast. Um, Because no one likes to be wrong, but if I don't answer those questions, then there's no validity to what I say. So let's start by a few people who've pointed out what they believe to be um, a mispronunciation of Madonna's record company name. They're quite right. The record company is Warner Brothers, and I've said Warner Bros a few times. But to give you an explanation of why I've said Warner Bros, it's a British affectation that the word bros an abbreviation for brothers we say as bros so uh, for example there's a suit shop that we call moss bros there's an 80s boy band called bros it's just what we do and i've used that affectation when i've talked about warners from now on i will call them warner brothers or just warners as the people who work there actually call it as well so apologies for any confusion there The next query is over my suggestion that Stuart Price is providing the backing vocals for Hung Up. Now, I have to admit, I don't know that that's a fact at all. I'm basing my belief simply on the fact that it sounds like Stuart Price, and I know his voice, uh, particularly from his performances with uh, groups such as Zoot Woman. Now, the person querying seems to think it's Madonna with her voice pitch shifted to sound like a male. Um, yeah, it could be, but I really don't think so, I don't think it sounds like Madonna with her voice pitch shifted. And in my experience, normally the most obvious answer is the truth, and I think if they wanted a male voice, it would be Stuart um so who knows the actual answer there it's not the first time that one of madonna's producers has featured on one of her songs mere sings on love profusion and william Orbit sings on both amazing and dram so um yeah i really i stand by what i said i'm pretty sure that's stewart um but it's up to you guys whatever you want to believe And thank you, as always, for your continued support on social media. I'm so pleased to hear that you're enjoying the podcast so much. Anyway, let's move on and deal with this week's topic, Living for Love. I've been concerned that for some of Madonna's more recent tracks, there's less to talk about. But that's certainly not the case with Living for Love as well as the story of how Madonna started working with Diplo, and how it was written and put together, there's also the story of the leaks that happened at the end of 2014, which resulted in a different plan for the Rebel Heart album, and an early release for Living For Love and a couple of other songs. And I also want to use the opportunity to play you a couple of the demos of Living for Love. A few have leaked and although it's the same song, there's quite some variation in the arrangements and it makes you wonder what could have been if a different one had been chosen. Did Madonna make the right choice? Well, I'll play you those versions and you can make a decision for yourself. But let's start with winding the clock back to the origin of the Rebel Heart album. Madonna originally intended that the album would come as two parts. One would explore her rebellious side, and the other the heart, or her romantic side, and work began in February 2014. Now this is the first time that Madonna sort of lived out the recording experience through her Instagram account and by the March she posted a number of pictures and quotes including the phrase Rebel Heart. And she hinted that she was working with producers such as Avicii, Natalia Kills and Ariel Ragshed. By the May she posted a selfie with Diplo. Now you may not have heard of Diplo before he worked with Madonna so I can tell you a little bit about him. His real name is Thomas Wesley Pence. He's known professionally as Diplo, which is short for Diplodocus. Um, Apparently he has a love for that particular dinosaur. He's the co-creator and lead member of a dancehall project called Major Lazer. He's also worked with people such as Sia and Labyrinth, and recently has been working with Mark Ronson in a project known as Silk City. But back then in 2014, he was reasonably unknown, I guess to many people, I think the big major laser hit came a little bit later with Lee They worked on seven tracks altogether for Rebel Heart. I think about five ended up being used across the various versions of the album, and most notably they were the two singles Living For Love and Bitch and Madonna. On working with her, he said in an interview, she was up for anything. I love when an artist gives a producer the confidence he needs to work with them, and Madonna was very open-minded to my ideas. Perhaps he had forgotten that she was also a co-producer. I'm not sure. One of those ideas turned out to be living for love. Alongside Diplo, another co-writer was Ariel Rexted. Uh, Ariel is familiar to many of you who know music by Sky Ferreira, Haim, and Vampire Weekend. In fact, I have to say he's written or produced a lot of the songs I personally like, and it would be really interesting to have a bit more detail about the creative process behind the song. We know that it had additional songwriting input from Mozilla, AKA Maureen McDonald, and Toby Gad when ariel sat down with diplo and madonna to write the song he asked the singer a straightforward question and he recalled later to q magazine i was like what do you want to talk about what feels real to you she said honestly at this point i'm just living for love and we're like let's write a song called living for love if that's real then hopefully it will resonate madonna herself said of the lyrics lots of people write about being in love and being happy or they write about having a broken heart and being inconsolable but nobody writes about having a broken heart and being hopeful and triumphant afterwards so i thought how can i do this i don't want to share the sentiment of being a victim the scenario devastated me but it just made me stronger it is of course an incredibly uplifting song not just lyrically but also through the production itself there are a number of people involved in the recording, and I'm going to talk about those as we break down the song, the sound of which has its origins in early 90s house dance music. Let's start by looking at the drum beat. There are over 50 tracks in the multitrack, some of which are dedicated to individual sounds, such as the kick drum, You can hear that pulsing rhythm going through from the kick drum. And there are three different types of kick drums. So rather than bore the the most fanatical Madonna fan, I thought I would play you all the drums together. Now you can hear the kind of shuffle to the hi-hat here. That's very familiar to listeners of Erotica. It's used in a lot of tracks on that album, particularly Fever and you may be aware that early 90s dance feel had come back in vogue in the uh, early 10s of this century um, and you heard it from artists such as jess Glyn and disclosure as i suppose once again that generation grew up and was making its own music Now, this leads me to address something which may not be popular, but I feel it needs to be said anyway. A number of Madonna fans are less keen on her most recent work, particularly everything that happened after Confessions, and I think these drums sort of signify that, because this is Madonna following a trend. Certainly from Ray of Light up until Confessions, she was creating them, and in recent years she's been listening to what's popular in the charts and putting it into her own records And I can't help feel that that's a far cry from the Madonna in 1989 who told Rolling Stone magazine that she doesn't listen to the radio and they decide the sound that's going to be popular. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot to love about Living For Love. So let's concentrate on some of the other elements in the song which I think are fundamental to why it sounds so good. Let's start with the bass line. And there are a number of different bass lines in Living For Love, and they were used in the different versions, which we're going to hear shortly. The first bass line, strangely, kicks in after the chorus, which is quite a brave move. Um, But it really gives a lot of impact when you finally hear it. If that seems to be lacking in bottom end, it's supplemented by some sub bass, which sounds like this... And there's some infrequent dubstep style wobbles that come in with just this noise. (laughs) Yep, you heard right. That was the synthesizer making that noise. The verse has its own separate bassline and it sounds like this. And I really like that one. I think it's got a lovely sound and rhythm to it. Now... As ever, there are some other synthesizers uh, throughout the track. No guitar in this one, just uh, piano and keyboard. Um, I'll play you some of those sounds now. There's, There's this pad sound, that sort of stringy synth sound, and you hear this occasionally. and there are a number of other synth licks and riffs throughout the track but i won't play you all of them because we've got to crack on because i think at the basis of living for love is the lovely piano sound there are lots of separate piano tracks included in the multi-track and two of them are labeled to singer songwriter and pianist alicia keys and i'm going to play you her isolated piano piece now here we go Quite a simple piano piece, really. Alicia spoke of the incident at the end of 2014. She said, it was good. I was in here doing a meeting or something, and Madonna was working with Diplo. They were like, oh, maybe you could play some piano on this thing. And I was like, all right, I'll try. If you hate it, you can take it off. It was just like that. Casual and cool. There's also a couple of filtered and chopped up piano pieces and this is a particular bit that happens in the bridge of the song. And what about this? That's a piano with a glitch effect on it, sort of a randomised element, and again very popular in the late noughties, early tens. Now, I don't doubt that these big open piano chords are giving you a gospel choir feel. And of course, there is a gospel choir, the London Community Gospel Choir, uh, featured in the song, mainly at the end of it. They're a British gospel choir that were founded in 1982. They've also performed with Justin Timberlake and Cuddy. And let's skip straight to their beautiful, beautiful rousing chorus. This is how it sounds. What a fantastic sound. And they also provide the chorus and the finale to the song with this section.
1: Living for love living for love not giving up I'm
0: gonna carry on for And one of the choir, a member called Anne, gets to do her own solo ad-libs, which appear. they sound gorgeous. here they are. Now, that's not me cutting it out, that's how it appears on the track. There's also another uncredited singer on one of the multi-tracks. This is what his vocal sounds like.
1: gonna leave me up.
0: Now, that might well be British singer MNEK. Uh, he talked about recording this song, uh, and but then says his voice was left off the final mix. Um, it's not labelled as him, um, but it does sound a little bit like him. I really can't be sure. A singer who is also credited and has a very distinctive voice is the singer Santel. This is what he sounds like. Again, his voice is quite chopped up and filtered and affected. But the most prominent voice on the track is Madonna's. Let's listen to her opening vocals.
1: First you love me and I let you in Made me feel like I was born again You empowered me, you made me strong.
0: You'll note that Madonna is singing in a much lower register than she did earlier in her career. Her voice has matured, allowing her to sing with strength at a deeper tone. And her vocal has been doubled, possibly trebled. And she's also singing it a whole octave higher as well. So there's quite a few Madonnas singing there. And what of the chorus? It sounds like this
1: i'm gonna on you're hearing lots of effects and reverb and delay on there that's actually printed onto the um, track we have available to listen to
0: There's a number of other elements in the song I could play but I'm actually going to skip ahead to the controversy because we wouldn't be Madonna fans if we didn't like a bit of drama. The album had been slated for a 2015 release, however, on November the 28th, two songs leaked, a version of Rebel Heart and the song Wash All Over Me. They were taken down immediately, however, on December the 17th, 13 demos were leaked along with some artwork, suggesting that the album was to be named Iconic. Madonna referred to the incident as artistic rape, itself creating some controversy, especially when she also talked about the hack as being an act of terrorism. She was forced to secure her laptop and hard drives and made this statement, I wanted to plan everything in advance, release the single, shoot a video, start talking about my record, and you know, prepare for the release of the entire album and have everything set up just so, but we were sort of left with no choice. And on December the 20th, six tracks from the album Rebel Heart were released onto iTunes, which Madonna said was an early Christmas gift, with the final album due to be released on 10th March 2015. In fact, according to Billboard, Madonna mixed and mastered those six tracks herself. In January of 2015, Israeli hacker Adi Lederman was arrested and, following a lengthy investigation between the Israeli police forces and the FBI, was sentenced to 14 months in prison. He was found guilty of computer trespassing, copyright infringement, prohibited secret monitoring and obstructing investigation. I think I'm safe in saying that all of us, at some point, have possibly listened to some music not through the correct and legal method. And we have to be honest that the fact that various multi-tracks of Madonna's songs are out there is because they have been leaked, but, and if there is a difference I'm going to call it, actually leaking material in advance and selling it on as AD was also accused of is totally corrupt and we shouldn't condone these actions at all. Now, I'm not done with Living For Love, I'm going to come back to it, but I want to tell you about the next episode first, because it's really special. It's an interview with Madonna collaborator Tony Shimkin. Tony co-wrote a number of the songs that appeared on the Erotica album, including the title track, Bad Girl, Deeper and Deeper, Bye Bye Baby, Why Is It So Hard. He was also present for the recording of songs such as Vogue and Rescue Me. And not only did Tony talk to me about the process of recording those songs, he talked to me in detail, in real detail. It was fascinating. You are going to love it. So that's going to be the next episode, a bonus speech special interview with Tony Shimkin. And I'm going to leave you with a little teaser. He even tells me what Madonna was wearing when she recorded the vocals to Vogue. So there are about eight different versions of Living for Love in demo form which have leaked onto the internet and if you follow the Inside the Groove Twitter account I am going to post a link to all of those so you can listen to them in your own time and make your mind up because in my opinion the finished released version of Living for Love was not the best one. There's a really interesting version which is pretty much just a piano ballad and that's definitely worth playing but I'm going to play you out with a version of the song which i think is the best one and i really think should have been the release it's got a lot more gospel choir in it and a whole section that didn't make it onto the final version it's reminiscent i guess of like a prayer and rescue me those songs that have a gospel choir on it and i really feel had it been released the song could have been even more of a success i'll leave you with that thought so thank you for tuning in and i will speak to you again soon
1: first you love me and i let you in Feel like I was born again